something about molecular memory, pattern transfer, crystallization. He still couldn't quite grasp the intricacies of his mother's work, but was glad to know that many a lot older than him couldn't either. Anyway, he felt she hadn't really answered the real drive of his question. It struck him, at the precocious age of eight, that collecting up all the stone like this was a waste of resources. There was a war on and a war effort, and it seemed odd to him that his mother had been allowed to continue her work when Prador dreadnoughts could arrive in the solar system at any time and convert it into a radioactive graveyard. Ian raised his attention from his mother, focused briefly on the grav car they'd flown out here in, then gazed out across the rugged landscape of Hell Creek. People had been digging up dinosaur bones here for centuries, and finding an intact skeleton like this one was really something. He grudgingly supposed that not everything should stop for the war. Now returning his attention to his palm top, he began again flicking through the news services to pick up the latest about a conflict that had started 37 years before he was born. Though the Prador bombardment of one world was the main story, he searched elsewhere for news from another particular sector of the polity, and found that after the Hessic campaign, the Prador had suffered heavy losses at a world called Patience. He felt a glow of pride. That was where his father was fighting. Moving on, he then, as usual, returned to reading about the exploits of General Jebel Ukap Krong. What a name! Jebel Up-Close-and-Personal Krong, a guy who, during the early years of the war, had liked to take out Prador by sticking gecko mines to their shells. Why did you call me Ian? he abruptly asked, peering down at his mother. She glanced up, still with a hint of exasperation in her expression. You're named after your grandfather. Boring! Ian checked the meaning of the name on his palm top and discovered his name to merely be a Scottish version of the name John, which meant Beloved of God or some such archaic nonsense. He decided then to check on his family name. There was a lot of stuff about kings and ravens, which sounded really good until he came across the literal translation of Cormac as Son of Defilement. He wasn't entirely sure what that meant, and with those kings and ravens at the forefront of his mind, he didn't bother to pursue it. I'd rather be called just Cormac, he said. As soon as he had started attending school, people began referring to him just as Cormac, and even then he had decided he preferred his second name to his first. His mother focused on him again. You and Dax are both Cormac, Ian. It's what is called a surname. True enough, 
but she had chosen to retain her own surname of Lagrange and had passed it on to her other son, Alex. It's what they call me at school, he insisted. What you may be called at school is not necessarily the best choice. I want to be called Cormac. This seemed to amuse her no end. Why, certainly, young Cormac. He winced. He didn't really want that prefix. He also understood that she was humouring him, expecting him to forget about this name change. But he didn't want to. Suddenly it seemed to take on a great importance to him, seemed to define him more than the bland name Ian. Returning his attention to his screen, he researched it further, and even remained firm about his...